Riverheads is better. Riverheads is better. And I don't know. I don't know if Galax is going to hang with him. I think Galax is going to maybe provide a problem they haven't had to deal with, and a quarterback that's super effective and accurate. But I just think Riverheads is going to put too much pressure on that kid. And if he's got pressure in his face, I'm not sure it's something he's seen a whole lot of this year. And I I don't know if Galax is going to be able to hang with. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Yak Sports Podcast is here, your Augusta County sports. We got plenty to talk about the state championship weekend down in Salem. Joe Deck and I were there calling it on the radio, and we're back here Monday night recording, and you're listening to it Tuesday or after. And uh, here's our podcast on some good football action down there. We got Patrick Height coming up later, but Joe... That Riverheads game, you had said all season, no one's going to touch Riverheads. They're going to win every game by three scores. I've been right all season. That's what I kept hearing out of you. Well, they got challenged, but they rose to the occasion, got the win, and uh, it was a little hard on my stress level, but I know you liked calling it. But, yeah, it was a fun one, and Riverheads brings home fourth state title in a row. Yeah, on the ride to Salem, I told you, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Galax is very much in the game and it comes down to the last possession. I got what I wanted. I loved it. It was a fantastic ball game. And I, and I told you, I, you know, I hope Riverheads wins. It's our school that we're covering. And they did. So that was dream scenario for yeah, me. Riverheads <laughs> won. Riverheads won. It, it was a game that basically came down to the last possession. I mean, Riverheads ran the clock out after they Galax fell on oh, yeah. a fourth down conversion. But, yeah. um, yeah, Galax was very much in the game. Uh, you know, look, I, I will say this. There were a lot of decisions made in that game that I didn't understand from the far sideline of the Galax Maroon Tide. I'm not sure their coach understands how the wind was affecting them. Um, you know, there was a scenario where Galax could have had the wind advantage. They chose not to have it really confused me um but i I, again whatever uh i don't want to take a that's not the story the story is riverheads earned the state championship they did everything they needed to to win that game and and uh i felt like you saw these kids have problems that they haven't had all year zach smiley hasn't had a problem getting yards all season very early in that game that was a challenge Uh, galax was stopping riverheads uh, he wasn't getting moving. Uh, Brayson Fulton picked up the mantle, though, and got it going early. And then once Zach Smiley was able to get some yards, including a big 58-yard yeah. run that kind of opened up the rest of his game, that's when Riverhead started to have success with Smiley and the and the offense and, again. And they and, and the, the defense position. was yeah Noah Smiley in the first half, and then obviously uh, Cole Burton in the Cole second Burton. half had the big run. I mean, the the fullback position did its job. And, yeah. and when your defense is focused on stopping the fullback from Riverheads. It leaves open spots for the fullback, and our fullbacks did a good job taking advantage of that. And also, Coach Casto again making moving the guys around. You're taking Noah Smiley out, who had a great first half, mm-hmm. and and last game against Essex, he took him out after he had a touchdown run early in the game, just because he, he was seeing how the blocking was going, and if he just had that little extra burst of speed, something more would come from it, and it, it just works out. And and that's awesome. He's putting a sophomore in there and in, in one of the biggest moments of the game and he takes full advantage of it. So I mean, as much as coach coach Casto diverts credit and attention, that's a good decision. And him and his coaching staff came up with that move and it 
It worked two weeks in a row. I will say this, too. I mean, we saw Coach Norcross kind of dial up the pressure there on that last possession, and that helped Riverheads win that game. I mean, it, they got a – I think it was two sacks on that last drive to really push Galax back. They also had a holding penalty, which hurt them. But um, It's that moment you think, like, you wish Virginia Tech could have done that against – Notre Dame. This year. UVA. Yeah, in, insert exactly. insert team here. Yeah, insert team here when we when we lost some close games. Yeah, we would would have loved that. But um, yeah, it, to me, it, it did feel like Riverheads just did what they needed to do to win the game. Uh, again, I, you know, I go back to some decisions with the win. We just saw, and the one that leaped out to me, and I, you know, I talked about it during the game. I talked about it to you after the game as well. Um, I just didn't understand the strategy of. In the first quarter, when the wind was at your back, you did great. Short passes over the middle of the field, moving the ball precisely for Galax. And then in the second quarter is when you try to throw it deep and you're going into the wind. And that was a strong, steady wind. It wasn't like there were gusts. It was strong and steady. And you saw the interception that happened, the first one. You saw it get caught up in the air and just drop like it had been shot out of the sky. I mean, he just it was like a punt return. He just waited under it and mm-hmm. caught it in his chest. I mean, I mean, it was easy. And you could really feel the wind. When I went down there after the game, it was incredibly windy at field level. And we saw the ball rolling around on the ground during the game. I mean, it was just very obvious. I agree. I don't understand the decision-making there. And, okay, maybe you get in that spot and you say, well, well maybe the player just held onto the ball too long and then made a bad decision. That's a young player. No, everybody was going deep. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it was. <laughs> that was by design. Downfield. Yeah, it was per design. So yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I, but in the in the end, Riverheads, I felt like even though the game got tied after that, I I think the pick six is kind of what I keep going back to. Yeah, when Zach that's, mm-hmm. just played that perfectly defensively, found another way to get in the end zone after he had been being slowed in the first half. I just I thought that was kind of the moment. It was like, okay, River, no matter what happens, Riverheads is just not going to relinquish control here. And even when it was tied, I was only but so nervous. And so, um, and, and it proved to be right. And, it, and and I think it easily could have been proven wrong. I mean, Galax makes a stop. Galax doesn't get stopped on that on the uh, at the goal line, and mm-hmm. they have a lead. And maybe Riverheads approaches that next offensive series with less patience and not keeping the ball on the ground, and maybe thinking they need to pass or something. Yeah, I I don't know. You don't. You never know. But they did what it took, and that's what they always do. And I think. One of the biggest things I take away from that, and I know it's already looking at next year, is two guys scored offensive touchdowns for or scored touchdowns for you. It was a sophomore and a junior. And so <laughs> that's just two of the many guys that are coming back on this team. And for a team that you never worry about reloading, it's it's not even a reload next year. It's just strap it up again and let's go. I do agree with you. I think the pick six is was the big moment. Another one I would say is is the roughing the punter that they had. Um, it w- definitely was roughing the punter. Um, they had two guys cremate and Miller well after the punt had been kicked away, and they did not tip it as much as Galax was trying to say they did. Um, Miller, the sophomore that'll be back, that's the fastest mm-hmm. guy on the field. Yeah, but it it and I know that Galax ended up stomping Riverheads later in that drive. But there's two factors that killed them. One is just. First and foremost, you have less time. You lost some time on the clock. Um, And the second thing is Riverheads was punting into the wind because it was late in the third quarter when that punt was being punted. And it allowed Galax 
to get great field position because the punt gets caught up in the air. It's going to be a short punt, and they got a return on that back. Or I'm sorry, they didn't get a return, but the ball went out of bounds at the uh, their own 38-yard line. 38. Yeah. 38 so they would have had the ball at the 38-yard line, and they wouldn't need a, They wouldn't have needed nearly as much time to drive the field as they did to get that field goal to tie the game later. Uh, and maybe they get in the end zone. Who knows? But um, because they didn't, then Riverheads gets another first down. I think they got another first down later. It was definitely into the fourth quarter. The wind was at their back, and they got a much better punt out of the situation, and it pinned Galax deep in their own territory, and they had to drive basically the entire length of the field to settle for a field goal, which left them, I think, four and a half minutes uh, in a tie game, and then Riverhead scores immediately, basically, so four minutes to try to come back rather than still maybe most of a fourth quarter. It, even if you have a 60-yard Colbert run or a play like that happen to you. So I, I thought that was another key play that just really yeah. killed him. Yeah, I agree. I think a, a point that we didn't hit as directly on the radio, yeah, it's four state championships in a row, seven overall. I mean, this senior class just rewriting record books and just not losing many games, winning the four championships. I mean – for all four years of your high school career to go and win a state championship, mm-hmm. just that, just that concept of thinking about it. I mean, just how big, when I think back to my personal experience, we won one while I was there and it was monumental. And like, that's, that's the season I think about it, even though I wasn't as big a role as I was the next two years. And even that was limited uh, that I always look back to that year. That was the year. That was the state championship year. And for these seniors to go through there and just that be the standard winning the state championship is the standard there. It's just incredible. And for a program that has achieved so much over 20 years and everybody keeps talking about it, they took it to another level and it's just amazing. And I, and I hit that with coach Casto after the game and he didn't have an answer for me. And I, I don't blame him for not having an answer for me because he doesn't think like this. And he continues to tell me he doesn't think like this, but like when, when do you surpass your own expectations or, or your dreams or, you know, like when you sit there and think, Oh, it'd be crazy if I could, you know, have this much accomplishment in my profession. When are we hitting that with Riverheads and coach Casta? I mean, like this is not what other teams do. Like they, this just doesn't happen. And so, um, I don't know. I hope one Break day the record can win actually... five straight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and maybe extends what he's doing. I, you know, like, it's easy to think about them winning a state championship next year because they've yeah. won the last four. But I just honestly, for my own sake, I just hope someday he does think a lot of what he's done here. I think I hope he does recognize he's the common denominator for the last 20 years, him and his staff. And but he's the captain of this ship. But like this is very, very, very special. And and he's been the leader for all of it. So I, I at some point, I think after retirement, I hope. I don't, I don't think he will, but I hope he, I hope he can. I hope someone can beat it into his head that he's that good at what he does. Yeah. Well, and you and I talk about it every year when we get asked the question or one of us will ask the other one, the question, what, why is Riverhead so dominant? You and I say the same thing. It's not necessarily that they have the most talented or the most athletic people on the field. It's that their kids know what their job is and they do it better than everybody else on the other team. And, and that's because of coaching. Yeah. They know what they have. They coach to what they have. They don't, they don't mold these players into a, you know, high fly and spread offense. They, they use the, the brand of kid that they're going to get in this 
area of the county. And, and that's why the rest of the county now runs a very similar offense. And you see it repeated because people realize, well, this is the kids we're getting. We're not getting six, four receivers and six, five quarterbacks. We're getting five, 10 kids with, you know, and if we get a little bit of speed, we'll be pretty good this year. You know, that's what you get in this area. And Riverheads just runs a very simple offense, a very direct defense, an aggressive defense. That's what they do. They're aggressive. And people talk about Riverhead's pass coverage sometimes. It's because they're so aggressive up front. You know, they're spending that energy going after the quarterback, and they're going to make the 17-year-old throw with someone barreling down on him. And that's just a good approach. And, uh, you know, other schools know that. I'm not saying anything that these other schools don't know. It's just it's, it's at Riverhead's. It's the culture. It's what they know, and it's what they just come back. And they're going to be ready to do it next year. They're ready to – they could kick this season off in a couple weeks, and Riverhead's be ready to go for another another run because it's just. I love to watch him play Appomattox next week. Oh, that'd be awesome! I, I'd like it too. I'd like it too. And I know Appomattox is strong. I know they've been a strong program, and we'll talk about them here playing draft. But I, you just can't convince me Riverheads wouldn't be just battling in that game, and I'd pick them. I really would. Oh, After I would watching too. Appomattox beat Drive, I'd pick them. And maybe I'm biased. That's fine, but I'd pick them. And I know they only beat Galax by seven, but I'd take them by multiple scores over Appomattox. But speaking of uh, Stewart's draft, they lose 42-21 to Appomattox in that Class 2 state championship game. Um, you know, the scoreboard doesn't look friendly for Stewart's draft, but really two of those touchdowns came late in the fourth quarter when Stewart's draft had to give them good field position basically because they were in a situation where they had to go for it. Um, and that allowed Appomattox to pull away. Uh, Stewart's draft for three, three and a half quarters was within one right or two there. scores right there with they Appomattox. Didn't play their best. They didn't play their I'm best not, game. I'm not trying to take away from Appomattox. Appomattox had the best player on the field and he made the game winning plays. And I think the better team won, but Stewart's yeah. draft did not play their best. No, they didn't play their best, but I think you're, I think the first thing you said is the most important thing. Uh, I just, Appomattox was just better. Um, I, I don't, there weren't too many plays Leland where you and I sat there and said, I don't know what plays you know, in particular when Stewart's draft had the ball that they could have called differently that I think would have made a huge difference. They, unlike Galax, they weren't throwing go routes directly into the wind. Um, they did when they had the wind. And I think some of that was the receivers weren't used to seeing the ball travel that far when he throws it. And I think some of that is the wind caught it and just took it further than receivers so could get downfield. So I don't like that to hurt. see a little more intermediate passes. I, I just yeah. like to see a little more 10, 15 yard passes. They had some, there was a little stretch where it seemed like they, they were doing that. It seemed like it was when they're going into the wind. Um, so there was those bullet passes. I just would have liked to see a little bit more of that. Cause I think it was there and, and maybe not enough to win the game. I just, I, we just would have liked to seen it like one, one or two more plays of possession kind of thing and just see what that could have created. The way the game broke down defensively and on special teams, I just don't think there was any way that that game would have gone any differently. Unfortunately, we had our moment. It was me and you had our moment where we went to break and I mean, in all honesty, and, and if any Appomattox people are listening, we, we just got a little rub drawn with, the amount of celebration before any football was played. I mean, let's just be honest about that. It's just not something we're used to seeing in our area that just that people are just running around the football field, encouraging the fans to scream and yell. And I I don't have a problem with that. that. I I had a problem with the jawing on the field that was going on that too, all of it together. So we, we pretty much, 
we weren't we weren't unbiased. We were no, we yes. If you've ever listened to ESPN twelve forty, the boss, I think you know. Especially when I'm calling the game, and Chip does as well. We we call it down the middle. Especially local. Especially local teams. because it's yeah. two local teams. But this was our team playing another team. The other team's radio crew was there. We were very pro draft early in the game. We made that decision to be pro draft, and we stuck to it. <laughs> Um, for yeah, a, for another those. reason too that was up in the booth and we won't talk about it but um, <laughs> for another reason we, and then I, I will say this Leland that is maybe the most fun I've ever had calling a game though I really wish Stewart's draft could have won because I would have yeah. loved to kick and a door that, down that was our moment I would have scored. loved to kick a door down in there but yeah, yeah um, and celebrate scored and we both looked at each other and were like man I hope draft can win they're not gonna, but man, I hope they can win this game. And it was like, there was like their last chance they had. And then I think the two plays later, there was an 80 yard touchdown by the quarter. It was like, a kickoff. Was well, just, yeah. yeah, no, that's the one. It yep. Just, it was the 80 yard one. <laughs> it was just like, and it, you could just see it coming. You just knew it just drafted, had used it all up. They used up their fake punt. They used up the great catch diving forward, mm-hmm. Willie Mays style. You know, they just used it all up and man, it was just, man, can y'all get this done? And you just knew they couldn't. And, because Appomattox, they were better. And they were I, good. But particularly just the one, the quarterback was by far the best player on that field. And he's a mm-hmm. sophomore. Yeah. And he's just a really Trey Long was good. I, I'm, I'm going to pay attention to where he's going. I know he's involved in some of the behavior that I didn't love just because it's, I mean, a lot of our Augusta County teams are very straightforward, heads down, you know. And I, I'll of, say this. I was very impressed with the composure that Stuart Straff kept the entire game because I was yes. watching for that as much trash as was being talked. I was waiting Start for someone it. to lose their cool. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to lose their cool, especially when it got to like a three score game and uh, they're trying to pass the ball up three yeah. scores uh, late in the game when they could have ran the clock it. out. Yeah, um, that was another one. When the ball got picked, I was like, God, I just wish Stuart Straff could somehow. I wish there was more time and they could somehow come back and win. But. Um, I just appreciate that I gave Stewart's draft more of a homer call than I gave Riverheads. Like that's that's something we did. Funny. We definitely <laughs> did. And you know what, Leland? But it goes back to my point I was going to make. I had so much fun doing that. <laughs> that was so fun <laughs> to just lean in all the way and be Homer. Um, let's do it when Stewart's draft plays Clark County. Clark County is not one of our schools. Who cares? No one from Berryville is going to be listening to us anyway. Let's do it for Stewart's draft, Clark County. Let's lean in. <laughs> I got I got accused on the internet of uh, being Homer when Riverheads played uh, Fort, so I'm I'm sensitive to it during the regular season. So, well, yeah, I would, yeah, you should, yeah, we we're not going to do that when Augusta County or Stanton yeah, slash Waynesboro we'll, play we'll. other Augusta County, Stanton, <laughs> Waynesboro. Um, well, you're not going to hear it from me. I can't speak for Leland, but you're not going to hear it from me. <laughs> it's in um, my blood, man. I'm sorry. But <laughs> when when we're playing, not our schools. That was so much fun. I'm going to be really tempted to lean in again. Um, the other thing I will say, and maybe Stewart's draft could have, it wouldn't have been enough time for Stewart's draft to come back from three scores, but they could have had some more time at the end of the half and maybe made something happen uh, and tie the game up before going into the locker room. Had the clock operator not wasted about two, two and a half minutes on oh, the ball, the ball landing out of bounds. And apparently there was a new rule just for the first half of the class two state championship that incomplete passes don't stop the clock anymore. Um, look, it was highly unprofessional. That guy is a loser. 
the VHSL needs to get a better clock operator. Those kids, and I will say this on a serious note, those kids work really hard to get to a state championship game. The least they deserve is a guy who knows how to operate the clock. It's not a hard job. I don't get how the basics were an issue during this game. I mean, honestly, we're not arguing about holding calls. We're not arguing about pass interference calls. We're not arguing about uh, late hit calls where you watch every Saturday and Sunday, and those are always the story of the game. We're talking about the operation of the clock, and it was on incomplete passes bad multiple times. And also, uh, you know, I get I don't know if it was like, you know, a, a commentary because I did. I, I commented on a tweet at halftime. I was like the VHSL athletics page was putting up all these updates on Twitter. And I just commented on the one for Stewart's draft and Appomattox. The first one that I saw, I was like, the clock still stops on incomplete passes, right? Cause I've seen it not stop twice now. And the first time was Stewart's draft through an incomplete pass in the end zone. Uh, one of those that we talked about, the wind carried it a little too far. It was incomplete. So the the clock didn't stop. Chase the ball, got it back to the line. Of the clock never the stopped. Time, not run. one time. The second time, the ball landed out of bounds. There was a confusion on if a timeout was called or not. So the clock stopped because we thought a timeout had been called. It should have stopped anyway because it's an incomplete pass. But then once the officials figured out there was no timeout called and he told him to wind the game clock or the play clock, the game clock also started running again on an incomplete pass. And again, it's just inexcusable. It's bonehead mistakes like that that you just look around and you go, what are we doing here? Um, Again, that guy's just... I. I don't know who he is. I, I don't know if he had a little, you know, hooch or juice between the first and second game or if it was a different guy altogether. I know we didn't have that problem in the first game, <laughs> so but that hooch. second game, he was not doing his job. It was highly unprofessional. And I, I think, you know, the VHSL deserves both schools an apology for not being able to do just the sheer <laughs> basics. And also, again, you know, then – then again, the officials, the only time the officials did notice that the clock wasn't working properly was when Appomattox tried to take a knee and the clock didn't stop the first play uh, or the clock never ran the first play. Uh, so yeah. the first kneel down, there was actually zero time that went off the clock. And then the second kneel down, the officials looked up and went, huh, the clock's not running and told him to run the clock. And then the clock started running. And I was like, this guy is a total moron. That yeah. guy should literally have a breathalyzer waiting for him in the parking lot. What about his mom? What do you think about his mom? I don't like to bring moms <laughs> into it, Leland. But I will say this. Obviously, they didn't go over the basics of how buttons work. <laughs> Just let the kid press the elevator button every once in a while. Let him get a feel, you know? Jeez, what an absolute tool. He was terrible at his job. I have nothing nice to say about that guy. I don't want to meet him. I don't want to just be in the same room with that level of incompetence. That's why we do this podcast on uh, on Skype, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, Leland, I'm not. This is for the listeners too. I know I told you this, but this is for the listeners. There are some really rough days sometimes, but at least when I lay my head down on the pillow at night, I know I'm not that bad at my job. That that is good. That it, I mean, the fun thing for the listeners to know. It Joe didn't affect the outcome burnt. of the game, but good lord, what? Thank goodness it I, didn't affect the outcome of the game. Joe and I were burnt after eight hours of talking live on the radio, and so instead of sitting in silence on the way home, we talked the entire way home, and it was just unfiltered. 
that was so much fun. Anybody, anybody that and some didn't other make people us happy during the day. That was some other people. Some other people, but we had a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, words were flying. The vocabulary. There was about four or five words that were more used more than any other words, and it was they uh, can't be used on the podcast. It was. It was. It would release the stress. By the time <sighs> I got home, I was smiling. Oh, it was so much fun. God, that was so much fun. <laughs> Again, can we convince Appomattox? to man up and go down there and those radio guys can be in there in the next room over. Cause when Riverhead yeah. shuts them out, I want to kick that door down and ask them how many rings they got. Line them up. Line River. I guess I said we weren't going to talk about it. I guess I said we weren't going to talk about what that other reason was. And I just did, but Oh, well, who cares? I didn't like those Call guys. Either. HBO up. Joe and I are calling it live oh. on HBO. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. What was it? 1240 after dark. <laughs> It's going to be Homer call. HBO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. VHSL on HBO. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Let's uh, move on from the high school football. It was a great season. Uh, we'll be talking previewing the next season and looking ahead as time goes on. But right now uh, we can look at some other things. Let's go to college basketball where uh, not a whole lot of action this last You want to skip college football? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I did skip college football. Yeah, I'm going to talk about college basketball first because that's, uh, we're going to talk about big boy basketball before we wow. talk about JV football. Love it. So Virginia Tech, UVA, JMU, no one really played much of anything. That doesn't mean JMU wins a bunch of those games, but, uh, Virginia Tech had, a, had a closer game against Chattanooga and those are the kind of game coach. Early season is for in general. I don't. I don't mind the setup non-district games or non-conference games, but uh, you know it's good to have some of those competitive games early in the season, so you know how your team is going to react when it gets in the ACC. But still, Virginia Tech won a couple games this week. UVA didn't even play, but they would have won if they played anyway. But UVA sitting at nine, Tech is sitting in the 30s somewhere, and ACC play will get started when when the new year starts. And I think I still think. Virginia Tech is multiple spots better than what they are projected to be before the season started. I think they're a top 10 ACC team like you do. Yeah, I, I think they're a top 10 ACC team. I think they're probably we'll see when they start playing again. They play UVA in the next ACC game, so oh, not a go. lot of favors there. But, um, you know, we'll see. I, I don't think they're going to beat Duke or UN, uh, UVA, but maybe UNC they pick off one. Um, maybe if they yeah, play twice, I don't, I don't know yeah. who we play and who we don't play twice in the conference this year. Yeah, I, I think we only play UNC once, but we do go to Duke still. Um, well, they're not gonna win that game, but, um, you know, I'm interested to see what they can do. I do think they're still a top 10 team. Unlike you, I am a little nervous when we have a squeaker against Chattanooga, but they responded mm-hmm. and pounded Gardner Webb. So it's whatever. Um, get it. JMU lost to Radford. They did. They beat Charleston Southern tonight, but who cares? Coppin State and Radford are not good teams, and, and those are not good losses this year. Radford was good last year; they're not good this year. Um, they play Fordham next week, and then the CAA play will start uh, basically at at the flip of the calendar. But it, again, I, I've said it before; I'll say it again. It just, just doesn't look like the fourth best team in the CAA. Although maybe it is because the CAA is a garbage one bid league in basketball. Speaking of garbage leagues, uh, JMU plays in the CAA in football as well. Mm-hmm. 
we're not as garbage in football, but yeah. They're not garbage in football, but JMU has dominated CAA for a couple of years now, and they continue to dominate FCS. And um, there they beat UNI in a playoff game last week with just their defense. Their defense took care of it all. They really did. They just their defense won that football game, and they'll advance because of that. And you and I had no offense, as you mentioned, but JMU advances. They play Weber State late Saturday, Saturday in the later game. Six thirty. And that's yeah, I think that's, that's a home point. state semi or a state semi <laughs> national semifinal at home at Harrisonburg, and that's awesome. And and I know we don't give JMU the same kind of attention we give Tech or even UVA, but it's they play at that level and they're doing everything they can, and they have an opportunity to go to another national championship game. And honestly, I think I've doubted them pretty much throughout the season that they're really going to play for a national championship or not. But if their defense is going to play like that, I, I give them all the chance in the world to win this Saturday and go to another national championship game. And then then that's one game. It's one game, and you've got to perform. We haven't seen the defense play like that all year, yeah. so we'll see. Let's see if they could do it again. Northern Iowa's bad. Their offense was atrocious. Their defense was pretty good. Danucci made a lot of decisions that I was not really sure what was going through his head. Um, but uh, that, that being said, he didn't turn the ball over other than a, a pick in the end zone, I think. So whatever. Um, I, I just I, I'm I'm nervous about this Weber State game. I, I don't know how that's going to go. If they win, they're playing North Dakota State. Spoiler alert in the championship in Frisco again. And <laughs> and I don't I don't know how. I like us matching up against North Dakota State. I just think they're better. So um, I will say it's hard to root for Riley Stapleton. I'm glad he didn't do much in that Northern Iowa game. But uh, hopefully that's been a bit. That's been a huge issue for me this year, and me and yeah. my wife both. I mean, it's just it's he, his brother's fine. His brother's fine. I, he hasn't been involved in any of that, so I don't mind rooting for his brother. But it's hard to root for Riley. Uh, but hopefully we beat Weber State at 6:30 kickoff. I know there wasn't a big crowd there again Friday. Part of that's due to graduation stuff going on. Part of that is due there wasn't to that many at graduation either. terrible weather. Part of that terrible is weather. due to some students piecing out because exams are over. Um, and, but you know, that I'm, I've seen tickets, I think, 15 bucks uh, oh, yeah. for this Weber State game. JMU that's Sports gate. Blog apparently has some kind of code that if you use it, you can get them for eight, um, a select number for eight bucks. I mean, JMU is then. trying to sell these. I'm not going to that game. Um, SEC ain't playing on, on Saturday. There's bowl there. games Go on Saturday. Um, I'll watch this game. Ones. I'll watch this Crappy. game from the comfort of my neighbor's living room. Uh, <laughs> I'll watch it with the Robert Morris coaching staff, but <laughs> since they're not going to be in it, but uh, it's say this is where you guys could learn something. <laughs> chuckleheads uh but no uh, i'll watch the game on tv but i'm not going i i don't weber state i i know they're the number three team in fcs and we're the number I've two team weber in state fcs play JMU before. i, think I have game. two it was a good game it went down to the last second we kicked a game winning field goals the clock expired if i remember correctly but i just if you're asking oh. me to be honest i just it's hard for me to get up for these fcs games i just truly honestly unless it's the national championship, don't get that worked up about it. All right. So let's say this though. Okay. So JMU goes, plays big boy football. They go up to FBS. Mm -hmm. You're looking at like a Bahama bowl and stuff. Like I'd be up for the Bahama bowl. Let's go. 
I'm not going to the game because cost money. Yeah, but it's not it's not fifteen dollars in Harrisonburg. Yeah. yeah, the plane ticket to the Bahamas is going to cost me more than fifteen dollars. But yeah, um, yeah, I'd be up for the Bahama Bowl. It, it's better players. Right. Better players are on the field. Better teams you're playing. Better TV deals. Again, the FBS versus the FCS is not even funny in terms of how much more money you're making by going FBS and just look at Appalachian state. They went FBS. Look at what they're doing. They're successful. And look at Liberty. They're in a bowl game. Liberty's in a bowl game. Yeah. They're in the, uh, they were just in the Cure FCS bowl. playoffs a couple years ago. Yeah. They're in the Cure bowl or something like that. Uh, I mean, uh, what it's not all doom and gloom. The Mortgage Cure Bowl is what they're in against Georgia Southern. I actually kind of like Liberty in that game. I just wanted an honest opinion out of you. I just, I, I just wanted, I just wanted that opinion for someone that went to JMU and Confer- if it's Conference USA, team. right? And well, and it's also going to depend on which conference gets rated when that happens because it's going to happen again eventually. And when it does, and the and the B, the Power Five go to sixteen teams in each conference, what do you do then? Do you then? Go to Conference USA if they get rated. Do you go to the MAC if they get rated? Do you go to the Sun Belt? Last time, James, you thought they were too good for the Sun Belt. I don't know. Appalachian State seems to be making a lot more money in their football program than we are. So who's who's really that smart? That's the thing. James, he's like, well, we're too good for the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt's not uh, strong enough academically for us. I'm like, okay, well, if we're so smart, why did we just lose a bunch of money by saying no? Uh, to me, that's dumb. Also we've made it very obvious in the way we handle discipline at the beginning of the season that we're not, we don't really care about what's right and wrong. So just, if we're going to, well, if it's going to be about athletics, can we make it about <laughs> athletics and make some money while we're at it? <laughs> That's sad, but true. All right. Let's talk about people that don't care about morals. The NFL, uh, the skins, they had a close game until the Eagles scored on the last possession, but still they were right in that game against the Eagles and uh, they showed well, I don't have much more than that on that. Haskins Haskins so, didn't look terrible, so that's good. Oh, the big story there is they had Urban Meyer there. He was visiting. He was sitting up with Dan Snyder. Gonna get at the uh, end of the Dan game Snyder and Jerry Jones to bid on him. Oh my goodness! Gotta get the bid war going. That would be something if he goes there. Man, that hype train would be right back for the Redskins. Yeah, but if Dan Snyder's still there, Dan Snyder's still there. But they, it seems like they might be turning on Bruce Allen. That could be part well, of a good sign. That's that's part of the problem. Yeah, it's a big part. It's like a third of the problem. Yeah. All right. Give me your Ravens talk that I'm sick of hearing about already. The Ravens, uh, we dominated the New York Jets as expected. But Lamar Jackson broke Michael Vick's single-season rushing QB record, which was pretty cool. Um, I like Michael Vick. I, I know it's not cool to say it in 2019 with a lot of people. He served his time. Uh, he's been very apologetic. He has done so much for animals' rights. He's probably done more for animals' rights than a lot of these people that hate him. Um, and so I, I'm willing to forgive him. If we're going to forgive people for being involved in the murder of people and robberies and all kinds of Beat stuff, the heck out of women. Yeah. And, and all that, then I think we can go ahead and forgive Michael Vick for what he's done. He's, he actually served prison time, which is more than a lot of these people do. So and and, a lot of his actions were indirect. It was the people. Around yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but uh, to go back to the football my, side my, of it, but my comment to Vic real quick. Okay. If you don't like that. He's a pro bowl captain. Don't watch the pro bowl. All right. There's, I'm not watching the pro bowl and it's has not nothing you, to do with that. I know, but yeah, you don't have a problem with Michael Vick, but people out there, well, that's what I'm saying. You yeah. have a problem with Michael Vick being involved. 
Don't watch it. They're probably not football. A lot of them aren't football fans anyway. Um, But Lamar Jackson breaking the record was cool. I I thought... That's cool, though, but that's a road that Michael Vick paved. I mean, it is. No, Michael Vick paved that road. But okay, Leland, this is to my other point. When everyone says this is going to revolutionize and change the game, and maybe Lamar Jackson will if he stays healthy. But we talked about Michael Vick revolution. No, I'm not talking about him, but uh, it's a national media narrative. But the national media was saying the same thing when Michael Vick was there. And look how long it took to get another quarterback like Michael Vick to do what Michael Vick was doing. And this it's is been a long this time. This still could be Robert. Oh Hunter. yeah. It could be RG three, the third, if he gets hurt. So hopefully he doesn't and uh, he yeah, stays healthy and that. the Ravens do well. And we win multiple Super Bowls under Lamar Jackson's guidance. Um, but I was wrong. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's gotten a lot better at throwing the ball. He's gotten a lot better at taking care of the football, which is, which is the biggest problem he had before he, he turned the ball over too much before and now he's not. So if he can keep that up, if he can stay healthy, then yeah, the Ravens look like the team to beat in the NFL right now. Our defense is playing well. The offense is playing well. And, um, you know, just pounding on the jets. I, I don't take anything away from that game individually, but you're playing the Browns next week who are a tire fire. So if you beat the Cleveland Browns, you've got the one seed wrapped up and, who knows? I, I've heard the Ravens say through anonymous sources that if it comes down to the Steelers needing to win to get in the playoffs, they might play their starters to knock the Steelers out of the playoffs. But I don't know. To me, that's petty. And just don't don't get anybody hurt. Don't get anyone hurt in that meaningless game. I'd get Lamar Jackson the heck out there. I know that. Yeah. Let Archie three. I, mean, I would not have him play. out there. Yeah. Let RG three go out there. My Steelers played. They lost. They're still in an okay area to make the playoffs. They they control their destiny. They play the Jets next week, and then they play what is hopefully a resting Ravens team in the final week. So the path is still there for the Steelers. Um, I, I've never had huge hopes, and I still don't. So I'm just I, – I, I would like them to be in the playoffs. I'd like them to play that game in January. there will be one more opportunity for me to see them. You might win. I'm not against – I'm not against these Bills. I, I'm not against – I it's it's a nice story. I like the Bills. If they could get in there and rustle some stuff up, I, I'd like it. Yeah. Got a Bill leave. Um, it was cool to see all three Edmonds brothers on the field too. That Very. was pretty cool. I wish they could have said the words Virginia Tech when talking about them a little bit more, but okay. Well, that's on the Edmonds brothers too. You got to talk about Virginia Tech. You know, we love Virginia Tech. Everyone should go to Virginia Tech. Don't listen to the coach. He's an idiot. Just, you know, just love the community and let them love you and and do what you got to do. Ball out, win bowl games, despite your coach being an idiot, and it'll be fine. I, overall, it was I, – I the Steelers were right in that game. But I like I said, I'm not against the Bills. The Chiefs are also a team I'm pulling for just because it's, it's not my rival, the Ravens, and it's not the Patriots. The Ravens so are the team I'm pulling for, and that's probably about it. That's fine. God, not I the Patriots. Aren't gonna wow. Can we talk about that just Chiefs. really quickly? I don't, I don't want to go on about it a long time, but the Patriots, what do you do with them? I Honestly, it's never going to happen, but I would just love for the NFL to be like, you know what? You guys keep cheating. We keep catching you, and you keep doing it, and these are just the, the things we know about. So you know what? How about no playoffs next year? No matter what happens, you don't get to go to the playoffs next year. Just Yeah, we can't have this. You can't continue to have this. You just got to say you got to – have a punishment that just absolutely says you can't do and just this nuke it. and maybe, no one else better try because look how bad this punishment is. Maybe maybe you do it two years to really nuke them and just make free agents really, really not want to go there. 
and people demand to be traded out of there. I, that would be like a death penalty. I'd I mean, it. it really would. Good. What's Belichick say, sticking around for? What's Tom Brady sticking around for? Tom I mean, Brady's already thinking about leaving, apparently. But uh, the way he's been playing, I don't think anyone's going to miss him. So, <laughs> oh, they'll miss Tom. All right, let's get to the D block. Or no, we're going to go to Patrick next. All right, next here on the Exports Podcast, we have Patrick Height from the Daily News Leader. Patrick, thanks for coming on with us. Hey, thanks for having me, as always. So you were at Salem all day Saturday, just like we were, and you saw two good games. And uh, we, we got one state championship back to Augusta County. But Joe and I already talked a, a lot about that stuff. But what are, what are kind of a couple takeaways that you uh, came home with on Saturday night, kind of looking back at everything that had gone down, down in Salem? My first takeaway is I was down there all day, but I didn't have to talk nearly as much as the two of you. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine how many words the two of you had to say to, to cover two state championships. Yeah. Uh, my vocabulary is only so big. It's just say, the same. Thing. They only heard half of them too, because we <laughs> we we talked a lot in the breaks. Yeah, the well, breaks. Breaks were fulfilled with words we didn't say on air. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that was impressive. And hey, uh, you guys did a great service. I know a lot of a lot of fans back here that couldn't make it down were were happy to uh, to to be able to listen to to you guys. So um, I don't know. If, if first, the, you know, with Riverheads, what hasn't been said? It's just a, an amazing run that this this whole program has been on. I, I think my big takeaway from that game, you know, th- there's a lot of plays that were made that that could be big. And you, you talk about Cole Burton's run. That was obviously big. And that dif- defensive stand that, that Riverheads had to, to force a field goal instead of a touchdown. I thought that was big, but, but I was standing right. Um, I, 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 I think probably for me, um, Zach's run was um, amazing. It, it was yeah. in, in the end, that first quarter, I was standing right there. Uh, the, uh, um, at, uh, Galax had just scored, had all the momentum. And if they had gotten a defensive stop, who knows what transpires the rest of the way. But if they had gotten a defensive stop there and, and held Riverheads, then then Galax has everything going their way. How he broke away. He, he was dead. He was, <laughs> he was tackled back there. I saw it. And I had no idea how he got away. And not just got away to get positive yards or to get a first down, but to get 58 yards from, from that run. Um, that, that, that to me is the play of the game. It was just an amazing run and it changed everything. It changed the whole momentum of the game. Um, uh, because, you know, then after that, they score that touchdown It's tied. And, and I thought from that point on, even though, even though Galax eventually tied, you know, got it back and tied, I thought Riverhead just kind of controlled the rest of the way. So I I just thought that was a huge play. That was, that would be my takeaway from that game. And they had bottled him up and then that was kind of that, you're just no matter what you do, you're just not going to stop Zach. And that, and that, I, I agree. That was a huge play. I mean, that, that had to be, I think I tweeted at the moment that that was the best run I had seen this season. And, and probably the most impressive, you know, the most impressive play I'd seen just because of the stage and the, 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 the time it happened and everything. It's just, it was an amazing yeah, play. And he's not doing that against Stonewall. He's doing it against Galax, who <laughs> yeah, clearly yeah. has a great defense. Yeah. So I just so lost was... our Stonewall listener. That's, that's the shame. <laughs> So that was my takeaway 
trust me, no, there's no Stonewall fans thinking <laughs> that uh, that they are uh, Galax level at this point. Um, so that was that was probably my takeaway from that game. Um, the Stuart Straff game, you know, I, I don't know. Appomattox is is a quality team. We saw them two years ago when they beat Lehigh. Uh, we know that you know this is the the, the fourth state championship. So you knew Stuart Straff was going to be playing. Uh, kind of going up a level from what they'd seen so far in the playoffs. And I think they saw that, the you know, playing in a first state championship game, playing on that big stage, that's a lot for, for these kids. And it's a young team. I think everybody forgets about that. I mean, they've got some some quality seniors. Obviously, Casey Branch is the, the, the engine that makes that defense go, and, and he is a senior, and Freddie Watkins is a senior. So they've got some seniors. But for the most part, that's a young team. Um, I, I, I thought – you know, they, they made a good showing for themselves. They they probably didn't play their best game, uh, and, and that's a bad time to, to play, not play your best game. But they did get back in that game when it looked mm-hmm. like maybe Appomattox could run away. They got they managed to get themselves back in the game, um, and then they just they, they couldn't couldn't finish it off. But, hey, they, they got experience, and you got to think next year they're going to be – hey, they're going to be really good again next year. Um, yeah. And, you know, I don't know if that defense can possibly be as good as it was at, at times this season, but they're going to be really good. And you got to think that experience can only help them next year. I wanted to ask you about that, Patrick, because I, I made a similar comment uh, in the post game on the radio this weekend. And, you know, just looking at how many players are coming back. Yes, they lose Casey Branch, and that's definitely a big blow. And there's some other seniors on that team it's going to really hurt to lose. But they're returning an awful lot. And to be, it just doesn't seem like a, a region that's got a whole lot of teams bringing a lot back outside of maybe East Rockingham, which, of course, that's going to be a game. But what would you say, you know, I, I told Leland, I felt like this is, you know, a very real possibility that Stewart's draft should have the expectation of getting back to that point again next year. Do you think that's a little lofty of a goal or do you think that's a realistic expectation for them? Well, it it may be a little lofty, but I think they have to have that expectation, right? When you make that state tournament, when you make the state championship and then you return as many players, you've got to go into the season with the expectation of we're going to get back there and we're going to win it this time. Um, Now, you know, they do lose. We said Casey Brace, you lose him off that defense that they've got to figure a way to, you can't replace him, but they've got to fill that hole somehow. And then losing Freddie Watkins is going to be big as well so versatile uh, yeah he is and, and and we talked a lot this year about how you know Stuart Straff did have a a pretty good passing game obviously they're a run first team but they're they were balanced at times but a lot of the reason that passing game worked was because uh Henry Cook could throw up a ball and and as tall as Freddie was he could go and get that ball they're not going to have him to do mm-hmm. that next year I mean you've got Joel Howard who Obviously, if he can catch it, he's got speed and he can get there. But they're not going to have that that tall receiver that can leap and, and catch a ball in the end zone. So, you know, they, they, they do have some pieces that they're losing. They're going to have to figure a way to to work. around. They should go in with the expectation of, hey, we can not only win the region, but we can get back to the state championship next year. What are some other storylines as, as this year ends and maybe skipping past, you know, Stewart's draft? brings back so much and, and Riverheads reloads. And I mean, I mean, Riverheads expectations is not going to be any different next year. What, what are some of the other storylines that we're looking at at high school football as we exit 2019 and go to 2020? 
Well, I, I think on the uh, kind of the, the negative side, you got to look at Waynesboro. What what's happening at, at Waynesboro? I actually talked to uh, Derek McDaniel for for another story earlier today, the AD at Waynesboro. But in that conversation, I said, "Are you going to have a, a JV team next year? What is the status right now?" And and he doesn't know. He 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 wanted to sound optimistic, but he he couldn't. He said, "You know, we've got a I got a lot of talking." To, we got to sit down. We got to talk. They've got to find coaches. First of all, they're, they're going to lose a couple of assistant coaches. Uh, Tom Goforth, uh, Jake Gray are both going to step away from helping that team. And so they've got to find some people that are willing to coach. Um, they've got to figure out a way to get more players. So I, I think Waynesboro, let's watch that closely because we've seen teams around the state, you know, over the last few years. Um, and, and Bland County was one of those teams this year that couldn't field a varsity team. Uh, I hope that Waynesboro is not headed that direction, but when you don't have a JV team one year, you certainly start thinking that way. Um, so, so I think that's one storyline we have to watch. Um, I, I'm curious kind of what happens at, at Wilson Memorial. Um, I thought they should have been better than they were this year. Yeah. And um, I, I know that, that Jeremiah uh, major and, and the coaching staff was a little disappointed, maybe in the way things turned out. I'm kind of curious where they go from, from here uh, and, and can they improve because they certainly have some talent there and, and they have a history of, of being a quality program. Um, I just hope that they can, can find a way to, to bounce back and be, be more competitive next, next year. Um, and, and then, they return you know, a lot too. They, I mean, they do. you look they at, do. you look at drafts roster and you, I mean, honestly, even going into this year, they both brought back a lot of, returning starters that had been sophomores and now are juniors. Both programs did that. And look what draft was able to do and what look what Wilson kind of didn't do. So you'd, you'd hope they grew up this year. They, they started scoring points at the end of the year is the one thing I keep giving them. And they won that season final game. And I just wonder if they can build off that momentum. Let's hope so. The the defense has been the trouble for the last two years. They can't stop anybody. They cannot stop anybody and they need to figure a way to do that. So, so that'll be an interesting. And then of course, you know, I'm curious to see where the two new head coaches in the Shenandoah district kind of what, what they do in year two. Um, I, I thought, you know, at, at Buffalo gap uh, they had a lot of success. Uh, Brad Wigant had a lot of success his first year. Now he, he loses some talented players off that team, but uh, it seemed to me that he kind of kept, uh, kept things going in the right direction for Buffalo gap. I'm curious to see what he does next year. He's going to have to reload again. Yeah, he does. Um, but, you know, I, I, I said when they hired him that they made a good choice. I really like Brad Wigand. Knowing a lot of those Wilson players that he coached, um, they, they loved him. They absolutely loved him, and they were crushed when he left. So I think Buffalo Gap made a good hire, and I think he can be there for, for a long time. And I think he'll keep Buffalo Gap. It's, let's face it, nobody's going to ever be Riverheads, right? They're not going to just have, have – uh, up, 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 up. It, they're going to have a, a roller coaster. You know, it's, they're going to have some seasons where they're better than others, but I think he's, he's going to have a quality program. And I'm really curious to see kind of what Jake Phillips does in year two in Stanton. Uh, they did not have, have a, a great season this year. Um, uh, but I, I think he's a good coach. And I think if, if he can get that program established, I think you're going to see Stanton uh, do do better things here in the next few years. So I'm curious to see where those two coaches do in, in year two. Moving things to basketball, Patrick, uh, what are you looking at in terms of 
teams with the best chance to make a deep run into the postseason this year? Well, uh, I guess you start on the boys' side and say Riverheads has the best. Uh, first of all, I think Riverheads could could win the Shenandoah District. I, I, I think um, it, I don't know who. It probably maybe it comes down to Riverheads and, and Stanton as as the two best teams in that Shenandoah District right now. And because of where, where, where Riverheads is in Class One and the way uh, Region One B plays out, I, I think they they made it to the state quarterfinals last year. They lost on a heartbreaker last second shot. They returned almost everybody. Uh, they they lost a few seniors. I mean, Drew Bond among them that was key. But most everybody that was key to that team last year is back this year. Um, I think Riverheads could could make another. They should be in the state tournament again this year. And, and who knows? Maybe they can get get further than that state quarterfinal. Um, after that, like I said, Stanton, I, I'm curious to see where Stanton goes. I, I thought they played, uh, they played Spotswood earlier this year. They lost um, 81-68, but for the most part, they, they played with them, and that's a very good Spotswood team. Uh, Javon Battle had a breakout year last season. I think he is going to be huge this year, and I, I love Terrell Mickens. I think he's a, a marvelous coach. I think he, he does a wonderful job with that team. I think Stanton could be, could be very good this year. Disappointing ending to last year, the way they lost at home in the regionals. So they, they can't let that happen again. But I think Stanton could be very good in that Shenandoah district. Um, and then after that, I, I don't know. I don't know where to go in the Shenandoah I was going to say, how do you feel about Stewart's draft? That was a team that kind of surprised some people last year. Um, I know they've got a lot of people returning. They kind of live and die by the three, though. Uh, is that why you're a little hesitant to push draft? It's the same thing every year, right? They mm-hmm. always seem to be in the mix. Uh, they're they're a team that that I always say can be up by twenty or down by twenty, and it's still a game uh, because of the way they play. I'm curious to see they had to start. It, unlike Riverheads, who who hasn't had to play a game yet, Stewart's draft actually was scheduled to play in some tournaments, so they had to start. And and, and unlike Riverheads, they weren't expecting their team to be in the state championship, but in football, but they had to play some games already in the tournament and now they're going to finally get those football players back and get them in the mix. So I want to see how, how that works out over the next few weeks. Um, I think, you know, Stewart's draft could be uh, again, a very, a very good team. They could cause some problems in there. I just don't see them being consistent enough to win the district. They're, they're going to play. They're going to win. They're going to have some upsets along the way, but I just don't think they can, can beat out Riverheads and Stanton in that district, but the team to watch for maybe is Buffalo gap. And I, I know, you know, they really struggled a few years ago last year. They turned the corner and played well, but right now they're, they're five and one. They beat Turner Ashby. Oh, wow. They beat Turner Ashby on um, Monday night. Uh, so they, they beat, uh, they've won five in a row now after losing their first game to Allegheny and they're playing really well. I'm curious to see what they do in the district, but since I really, other than, you know, other than Riverheads and, and maybe Stan, I don't really see anybody that's a dominant team in that district. Why not Buffalo Gap? You know, they they could be really good. Chad Ward has done a really nice job as a coach out there, so I like the way they're playing. Uh, Wilson has struggled to start the season, uh, but they've got some talent on that team, so I, I expect them to come on strong. Uh, Fort Defiance was the team that struggled last year. They're they're already off to a slow start this year. They're one in four. Uh, now all four of those losses have been by like seven points or, or less. So. They certainly uh, have not been. They haven't been blown out by anybody, and, and they could be there. But 
they just I don't know. I, I need to see more from Fort Defiance before I uh, before mm-hmm. I think they can can really compete in that Shenandoah district. All right. So I've started coaching my little league girls. Update us on what's going to happen this year with the uh, the older girls. Well, uh, you, you start looking. I think I think Stewart's draft is my pick right now to come out of that Shenandoah district and play really well. I, I love Brad DeWitt. I think he's done a nice job coaching that team. Uh, and now that he can finally focus on on football, because he's also an assistant, uh, he's an assistant football coach. And so now that he can finally focus on basketball, I think to watch, because that's a tough that's a tough thing to do to split your t- time where he's been coaching the girls and also helping coach football. Um, I, I think they're going to be they're going to be really good this year. They had a young team last year who who surprised some people, and I think they'll only be better. This year, I think Wilson could be very good. They're they're young and they've got some talent on that team. The problem with Wilson is, while they can compete in the district, once they get into regionals in in class three, it's it's a whole different ball game than playing in class two. So I think they're gonna gonna struggle if they make it to the postseason. Fort Defiance is another team that's got some good young players on there. Christian Ransom uh, was a freshman last year and played really well. I really like her game. So um, and. and Buffalo Gap, I think, you know, they've got maybe the best player in the district in Amaya Lucas, but I'm curious to see kind of what pieces are around her and how well that team does this year. But but right now, I love Stewart Stuff. Riverheads was the team that, that made a run to the States, you know, last year. But, and I think they could be really good, but they've got a brand new coach and they lost Sarah Moore, who was kind of their everything last year. They had, they had nice pieces around her. Some, some role players, but but Sarah Moore kind of did everything on the offensive end and scoring. They're going to have to find somebody to pick up that scoring for her, um, and that's uh, probably easier said than done. So I'm curious to see kind of where Riverheads goes, especially with a brand-new head coach. All right, so to get you out of here, we usually ask you what you're binging, but I think I know what you've been binging, so I'm just going to ask you, ask you a direct question about that. What did you think about season three of Maisel? <laughs> I thought it was the best season yet. I really, oh, really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I loved the first two seasons, but I really liked the way this season played out. I, I thought, you know, the, the ending was spectacular. Not to give away yeah. anything, but, no, but no the spoilers, ending, but yeah, yeah, no spoilers. Good. But the ending was 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 great, and it makes me want. I, I told I told my wife, I said, I love being able to stream a TV show, but back, you know, and and. I'm old, so back in the in the day when when we used to watch TV show, you know, you'd watch it until they take a break over the holidays, and then they'd come back and and finish it up in the spring, and then you'd only have a few months to wait until the next season. Here, I I, yeah. I binge the whole thing in like two days. Yeah. And now I've got to wait a whole year to see <laughs> to yeah. see. You got to wait eleven and a half out. months for it. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but I I really did enjoy that, and I love I love the interaction you know, between Midge and, and Susie. I just, I think that relationship oh, yeah. is so fun to watch. Um, and, and then Abe, uh, you know, Tony oh, Shalhoub yeah. <laughs> is such a great actor. I mean, yeah. I love Monk and, and, and I loved him back in, what, what was the sitcom he was in? Um, um, Wings, um, man. Wings. Wings, that's it, Wings. I could not. How are you forgetting so, about Wings? I don't know. I, I saw all the actors. I could not think of the names. Uh, no, but, but, you know, but Tony Shalhoub is so amazing. He's so great. He and, great. and I think he, Obviously, I thought the first season he didn't really – he was there. He did a nice job. But I thought starting in season two, yeah. he kind of started to take over more. Uh, and there are episodes that he 
is the the star of that show. Um, and so I really, I just, I love everything about it. And um, I, I cannot wait for season four, which they did announce, I think recently that they are coming back for a season four, which <laughs> if they, if they had said they weren't, uh, there, there Soccer. may be a, yeah, so so, but anyway, well, yeah, I, I, mean, I love that show. What I took away from this season, I still like season two the best because the whole going to the Catskills and all that stuff I thought was amazing. Um, what I took away from this year is you can see the increased budget. That's for sure. I mean, they yeah, were they had sure. people everywhere and other strong performers everywhere, so uh, you could really see that. But yeah, it was great. But I love it. I know they did it in a past season where she was kind of working on her act and they just like went from act to act to act. And you could see her like tell the same joke, like five different ways. And like, you could see the laughs increase and you could, you could see the process this season when she was going from thing to thing, to thing doing, uh, it's not a spoiler, but doing the commercials, uh, vocal. Yeah. yeah. That was, I just love those scenes. They're so smart. And so, yeah, they are. Uh, yeah. yeah. so yeah, I, I like this season fine. I still like season two the best. Um, you know, her riding on top, I think, is a diff. like, that was the biggest chunk of the season. So uh, that I think that was a little bit different. Instead of the, you know, the rise, you didn't feel that quite as much. And so uh, I'm, I, 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 you know the answer to this, but, you know, I, I'm interested to see if you'll be able to see some of that rise next year. And that'll, that'll be cool. So, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's the thing. You're right. She was, but, you know, that's, that was the great thing. She, she was on top for, for most of the season, but, who knows how the season ends? If you haven't seen yeah, it, and, yeah, and during the maybe chunk she's of the on season. top. Maybe she's not at the end. So yeah. during the chunk of the season, when she's doing those vocal commercials, it's not really because of her that she's not out on the you know doing her usual. So um, yeah. that's not a spoiler. So no, so that's why. Anyway, I, I just I absolutely love that show. I am yeah. a, I, I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan anyway, but I think this is even better. I think this is is I, I think the characters are, are somewhat more likable. Yeah. Um, than, than Gilmore Girls, and I, I think the writing might even be better. So I, I really love it. That's been Patrick Height, man. Thanks for coming on with us. I know it was a long weekend, and now you're going to get dumped right into basketball season. But uh, like all of our guests, uh, we hope you have a Merry Christmas, and thanks for everything you do for us uh, throughout the sports coverage throughout the year, and we'll be talking to you in 2020. Hey, guys, thanks, uh, as always, for having me on, and uh, have, a, uh, have a great holiday season. All right, now it's time for the D-Block. Thanks to Patrick Height for coming on and talking all things high school sports there. Always handy to have him on and actually, you know, talk about the sports that we haven't even began to think about yet, like basketball. But looking at the D-Block here, what is dominating my life? I've had a busy couple of weeks. I've failed to plug my mom's nutcracker uh, two weeks ago, but make sure in the future when uh, you have an opportunity to go see Stanton Civic Dance Company's uh, The Nutcracker. You go see it because it's a great production and um, I'm proud to be a part of it. But also this last week, another production that I uh, very much like to go see, and this it's an audience form, is The Blackfriars, is The Christmas Carol at The Blackfriars. So I know it's not Shakespeare at The Blackfriars, but they perform The Christmas Carol in a very Shakespeare kind of way. Uh, obviously, it's in that Blackfriars Playhouse with the lights on, the crowd interaction, the um, they implement modern uh, songs and and um, I think that's my favorite playoff, thing about the Black modern Friars. jokes with yeah. it too, and it's just so great, so good. If you have not gone and seen 
Christmas Carol, Blackfires, go see it or go buy tickets for next year if you can't get into one this year because it is so worth it. You will not regret it. It is such a good night when you go. We've taken my oldest the last two years. And uh, last year, I think it was just so much for her to take in that I think she enjoyed it. But this year, I think she got it a lot more and really reacted to people. And it, I think last year, she just laughed how people were running around the stage. Like, I don't think she knew people could behave like that. Now she knew that was coming, so she could really take in what they were saying better. And um, it was just great. Just, I mean, so often I caught myself watching her face instead of watch, watching what was happening on the stage. But it's so good and uh, very enjoyable. So I, I can't recommend that more. I talk about a lot of things that dominate my life. That is one of my favorite things I do what's been every year now for some years now. Go do it. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Christmas Carol at Blackfriars. I saw them do, and I can't remember the name of it now, but a Shakespeare play. Yeah, It's been three years ago now, I think. But that that was hilarious. And I, I was laughing because before, like you said, another thing they do is they play music before, but they're playing and singing it, or at least they did it yeah. the one I went to. And um, it was modern modern music and it was super yeah. funny and i just busted out laughing and they're so songs. talented i mean you get these these actors that are very good actors but also can sing and oh, play yeah. instruments and just and their interaction with the crowd and it's just they're they're total package kind of people that they have there and uh the one girl that was involved in christmas carol she's been there at least two years now um she i mean no disrespect to anybody there but she carries a lot of those group songs you can just really hear her voice um she's very impressive and before the before the thing starts, she's seeing in a song about Hanukkah that she wrote and oh, playing cool. and seeing it. And it's just awesome. It's just really cool. Oh, that is cool. Um, let's switch gears a little bit, Leland. Let's talk about something that we haven't talked about for a couple weeks, I think. Maybe even three weeks. Uh, today we was... talked about soccer? Because last week you talked about soccer. Did I? Oh, well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the Champions League draw was today. Liverpool, uh, you can listen to the 40 Sports interview that I had last week, and I forgot to plug, uh, with Ray Hernandez. Uh, we did that. That came out last Wednesday, so you can go back and check that out. We talk about baseball with him. Uh, he's a member of the Danville Braves this last season. Uh, now he's you know getting ready for spring training, and we also talk about soccer and Christmas because he's super into soccer and Liverpool as well. Uh, but we were saying, he was saying he wanted to draw Real Madrid. I was saying I wanted Lyon. We didn't get our, our wish. We got probably worst-case scenario out of the draw, Atletico Madrid. But we're Liverpool. We're the best team in the world. We're not going to lose to them, so we'll be fine. Uh, I won't talk about the other ones just for time reasons right now, um, but maybe I'll talk about it next week on give you a full breakdown of the Champions League preview for the round of 16. But Liverpool draws it, Atletico Madrid. It was two weeks ago since you last talked about soccer, so it wasn't just last week. Yeah, I thought it had been a couple weeks. All right, so what do you know that we need to know? Uh, what I know that you need to know is there's another guy that does a great job covering a local sports league. It's the Valley Baseball League, um, and no, it's not 4D sports. Uh, we do cover that it. That deck is pretty good, yeah. We, yeah, we do cover it at 4D sports, kind of, and we like to have fun with it. John Leonard is very serious and gets you some really, really good information. And he's released something that he's calling the Valley Baseball League Annual for 2019. Uh, it's $5. It's a 280-something page PDF that he will email to you once you send the uh, PayPal, five bucks to him through PayPal to his email address. He'll send you the PDF. Um, I got mine within minutes. So you don't, you're not going to be waiting a very long time. It's got 
every piece of information from this year that you could ever want. Uh, he also included all the players that have ever played in the Valley League that are playing in the majors now. So I won't make a dumb mistake like criticizing Tommy LaStella about how he definitely doesn't deserve to be in the All-Star game, only to be have a Facebook message from John Leonard later in the week saying, you realize Tommy LaStella was in the Valley Baseball League, right? And then I have to say, no, I didn't, but I'm sure that played really well on the Valley Baseball League coverage of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but yeah, uh, John's a great guy. He puts a lot of work into this uh, and he did a fantastic job with this. And if you're a fan of baseball in general, but especially the Valley Baseball League, I highly recommend it. It, it, like I said, it's $5. You're not breaking the piggy bank for this, and you're getting so much more than $5 worth of information. Yeah, he's awesome. I've, I've been following him for years and years and years. Um, he also released easily, the, uh, sorry, Leland. easily 12, 13 years ago, I was following his webpage, allthingsvalley.com. And, uh, you know, that was early blogs. That was, you know, not when blogs were, you know, mm-hmm. Twitter before Twitter. And so I was following him then, and that's when I was going to a lot of Braves games. And he's a great follow, um, and and he's he's kept up with technology and has the Twitter and uh, does different things. But he's a he's a great follow. And I also know I, I think he listens to us uh, fairly often. So uh, he does. Hey, hope you're I get, listening this time. I get feedback <laughs> quite a bit on things I say. Yeah. Um, Good. You need some feedback. That's fine. Um, My mom tells me how I do. I, I do great every week. That's good. I'm glad your mom likes the podcast. <laughs> But he also released the all she likes you the best. Well, (laughs) sounds like she has good taste. But she uh, John Leonard also uh, released the all decade teams. Uh, He released the second all decade team earlier already. That's already out. You can check that on all things. The all decade first team is coming out later this week. I believe he said so. Be on the lookout for that. Um, It's. I looked at it tonight. I finally had time after our busy weekend to sit down and look at the all-decade team that he had as the second team all-decade team. There's a lot of players on there that have played very recently that I've had the fortune, good fortune of being able to talk to, which is pretty cool, and see them be listed. And then uh, even for Waynesboro people, Wes Clark made the all-decade team uh, as a second-team catcher, and that guy's going to do something special at the next level, I believe, because he's just, he's just a really good baseball player. Well, that's awesome. All right. So the thing I know that you need to know, it's it's positive and a negative. And, it, and it's a positive that's come from a negative. Um, the Newtown football team, they won the state championship. And I say Newtown and you say, where do I know that from? Well, that was from seven years ago, one of the worst um, um, school shootings that's happened. And that always plays tight with me with having been down at Virginia Tech when that happened. I've talked that, about that on past podcast so i'm not going to dive into that but to see their football team win in dramatic fashion the celebration they have and then just knowing how what that positive can mean for that town seven years after that's happened um it's just nice to see i think you know it's it's one of those moments i mean i think we talked about this with um when the angels pitcher this year passed away you get these moments in sports where like it probably shouldn't happen. Like it probably shouldn't go. Probably shouldn't go the way that it does. It, it, some, something positive happened. You know, there's a no hitter or there's a combined no hitter or there's a state championship on the date of the anniversary of the terrible tragedy happening like this. 
it's it's just cool that sports can provide that opportunity for such a positive thing to happen, um, you know, on the heels of or on the anniversary of or, or, or even not always on the same days. Just it's so cool that it happens and that sports gives that platform for it to happen. And so I was really glad to see that. Um, like I said, it hits close to home to me when um, any of these tragedies happen. Um, and so it's just cool to see the positives that uh, sometimes do happen. Yeah. And, you know, I, I saw that on Twitter uh, and it was I, the first time I saw it was, you know, when we were at the game Saturday calling state championship games. And it was really cool. I remember that day when that happened seven years ago. And yeah, I mean, it's it stinks uh, whenever it happens, period. But especially to young kids at an elementary school like that. And, you know, you look and people who were in fifth grade on that day would have been seniors on that football team. So uh, you can go back as far as second graders that would be in, in that, in that game potentially as freshmen. Um, so it, it's hard to imagine that those kids that saw that and survived that event are now graduating high school. Um, that's hard to believe. Uh, and it's, but it's like you said, sports sometimes give you these moments where, there's a lot of good that happens. I know I constantly joke about, you know, all the negatives of my teams losing and the rivals that oh, I don't yeah. like winning. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's what sports, you know, that's fun. And that's sometimes the heartbreak of sports, but what makes sports special is these kind of stories where, you know, triumph and victory can come out of, you know, heartbreak and tragedy and just pick up a community, even if it's just for a week or a month or just even on a smaller amount of time than that. Uh, it's just to m make people remember Newtown for something that is not negative uh, yeah. is really cool. Yeah. I mean, and, and then you kind of skirted on the point is, you know, we get worked up about, you know, we don't like our rival and, and this and that, and it's all, it doesn't mean anything. No. And look, and then look right when Virginia tech had a tragedy or there has been tragedies in Charlottesville, you know, it, the Blacksburg community is there for Charlottesville and Charlottesville was there for Blacksburg because like that's real life stuff and that's stuff that matters. And, um, that's what I appreciate when we get to those moments at, um, I mean, I think I was very blatantly clear. Um, may, maybe not on the podcast. I don't, I don't know if we we're doing it yet. Uh, but on Twitter, I was just like, I don't, I don't like, I talk about not liking Charlottesville, but like when everything terrible was happening there, I was like, that, that's not Charlottesville. That's not what that place is. That place isn't, you know, white supremacy central. So like, <laughs> yeah, it was just a bad thing. And it was just a terrible thing happening in that city that just didn't represent what that city was. And so like I defend Virginia tech all the time, people say, you know, I just remember getting a lot of comments about feeling safe at Blacksburg. I was like, yeah, I feel safe in Blacksburg, you know, like just cause that happened last year. Doesn't that's not what Blacksburg is. And that was a bad event. That's not what Blacksburg is. And so, um, I think this is nice that here, like you said, positive news about the town. And that was a place where a terrible tragedy happens. And that's also where that team won a state championship and had a real big positive and where their heart had been ripped out. Here's an opportunity for a little bit of um, love and happiness to be back there. So um, it was a great thing to see. Great to have NBC, have those kids uh, brought on for Sunday night football uh, being played in Pittsburgh that the next night. Um, so just a lot of good uh, there and just wanted to call it out. Cause if you didn't know about it yet, 
you need to know it. I'll tweet something out um, just so you have a way to at least start finding that story. But good stuff there and uh, glad to see it. Yeah, definitely. I do want to say that uh, that will end things here for this week's episode of the Axe Sports Podcast. We are not doing an episode next week due to Christmas. So we're going to take next week off. We'll be back with Bowl Talk after that. Speaking of Bowl Talk, Leland will be tweeting out a link on our Twitter and putting it out on Facebook if you're not into that uh, for the Capital One Mania Bowl Challenge on ESPN.com. We're going to do that again. It does involve confidence points. So pick the teams you think are going to win. The higher the the more confident you are that you think that team's going to win, you want to assign them the higher point value. And then the person with the most points wins. Um, if you win, if you beat Joe and I, you get invited to come on here. If you want to come on, you get to come on. Sure. Uh, we'll be back with Bowl Talk uh, in two weeks. And we'll probably talk about the closing of 2019, probably do a little 2019 recap as well. Uh, we'll be talking about high school basketball because that will be starting to get into full swing. And make sure you're following us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod, Facebook at Yak Sports Pod, or our email yaksportspod at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribing on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify so you don't miss another episode. Share it with your friends. And uh, if you are an Appomattox fan that came back and you really didn't like that Appomattox talk, um, sorry. <laughs> we won't talk about you again. Let us hear about it. Yeah, let us Tell hear us. about it. Tell us no, about how it's different. About. That's fine. Uh, we won't talk about yeah. you again probably until next year if Stewart's draft or one of our other schools gets there. But Man, looking at how, how young they were, we probably will be talking about them in 12 months. Yeah, yeah, they'll be back. Um, but, uh, again, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. And even if it's not Appomattox-related, comment. Tell us what you think of what we said. If you've been to Blackfriars and you love it, tell Leland about your experience. Uh, if you're a soccer fan like I am, Share your thoughts. If you're a fan of the Valley Baseball League, share your thoughts. And again, make sure you check out that annual as well from John Leonard. Great stuff there. But again, thank you for listening to the Yak Sports Podcast. And we'll be back in two weeks. Good night and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate, we hope you enjoy it with your family and loved ones. We hope you are merry. <laughs>